2: Good morning DA, how are you? Good man? morning, my neighbor! Damon, Damon Yes.
3: How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Baby.
4: Star today boom, boom, ding. Let the big doggy. a great question. All about
1: the dog. This is
4: why you do what you do. No. Yo, somebody, somebody stop me. I'm coming to you to be fat. Let me be fat.
3: Look, there's so many sure. sickos in this country. This is facts.
4: little more juice. I am broken. Good-bye. Today. CBS Sports radio. Well, as I was saying, when I was listening to the radio. I heard something. And what did you hear? A uh, hissing sound like this. I
0: T I T. Hey, D.A., hey. let me aboard that mother ship. Permission to board that mother ship, sir. Well, you know, I had to slide through the intergalactic swag party. D.A., hey, man, beam me up. What's going on, my brother, from another mother? Beam me up. The guys are the man. God,
5: Make it. Permission fun. to board that What's mother up, ship. Another mother has
2: connected. And you, the man, D.A.
1: America. The Mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the 4-Hour Black Hole Block Party. GA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta, Reno to Richmond, Kalamazoo, and Water the Way are on the air. They listening, DA.
5: Everything we saying, DA. Everything. How
1: are we doing, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us. Wow. We are ready to rock and roll. Coming your way this morning on the show, the voice of the Washington Huskies, Tony Castricone is going to join us. The sounds of Saturday continue with the Huskies, one of the best teams in the Pac-12, as the Pac-12 has its swan song this season. Is that so? We'll talk to the voice of the Huskies coming up in hour number four. This hour in 20 minutes, sound check in 40 minutes jerry caves and it's also a trash tuesday which means if there's anything that's bugging you pete there's anything that's bothering you anything that's a burr underneath your saddle today is the day to unload today is the day to verbalize what it is that is bothering you So hit us up on the phone at 855-212-4CBS <laughs> or on Twitter, DA on CBS.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we begin with the gangrene, the New York Jets. Dream team. Dream team. Dream. They have acquired the pieces surrounding Aaron Rodgers to hopefully make a run of their first Super Bowl since the 1960s. And the collection of talent continues. Dalvin Cook is now a member of the Jets. They have also acquired the skilled running back, four-time Pro Bowler who is a free agent who who is bouncing around training camps this summer. And now he is a member of the New York Jets. Hard knocks is following them around. Expectations are through the roof. Rodgers playing the leading man. Is Cook the final piece of the puzzle? It is where we begin. You're cold open. Cousins takes the shotgun snap. Back to pass. Quick throw. Left side. Caught by Cook along the numbers. 40, 45. Cuts right. 50. 45, 40. 35, 30. Cook to the 20. Cuts left. 15 the ten, inside the five, diving into the end zone, touchdown Minnesota, touchdown Vikings.
3: I'm going to sit down with my agent and we're going, you know, we're going to go over things. Um, you know, right now we're just taking it one step at a time mm-hmm. and I think that's what this process is about. You know, you kind of evaluate everything, you know, you don't, you don't skip the process of going through everything. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, go through one step at a time and, you know, the, jet, the Jets right at the top of the list, so let's go, let's go check the box.
4: It's amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart running
2: It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold
1: open. That call was courtesy of Westwood 1. That was Dalvin Cook before he signed anywhere. But Dalvin Cook was looking at the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, and ultimately it was the Jets who inked him to a one-year $8.6 million deal. Okay, so let's let's be frank about this. The Dalvin Cook certainly helps the Jets. They are dealing with the injury slash rehab of Brees Hall, who was a great young running back for them last season, but towards ACL. So he is still coming back off of that. So namely, Dalvin Cook is insurance policy against. The rehab or maybe ineffectiveness of Hall coming back off of the injury. And who knows when Hall is going to be truly ready to go. So Cook is a nice insurance spot there. Now, it's an expensive insurance spot. $8.6 bucks. That is not like having a fourth-round draft pick coming in and, and be your insurance plan or a veteran's minimum insurance plan. that That's a healthy amount of money for just this season for a guy who's 28 years old. Now, he just turned 28, but he does have some miles on that odometer, and that's one of the big reasons why the, the Minnesota Vikings felt like it was okay to let him go. He's been very productive for them, but we all know what happens to running back in their late 20s. They usually don't age well, and so he's getting into that age group. For the Jets, look, it's pretty obvious. This is a win it all cost type season because with Rodgers up there in age, you don't You don't sign Rodgers and then ask Rodgers to give some money back unless you're willing to spend that money to help try to win right now, today. The Jets don't have a window of four years from now. The Jets don't have a window of maybe even three years from now. It's more than likely the New York Jets have to win a Super Bowl or at least get to one with Rodgers under the center in the next two seasons, this year and next year. That's got to be the plan. And this is hopefully going to get you there. Now, I've got my question marks about Dalvin Cook because, namely, rare is it for a guy to be available as a free agent on August the 14th and not have some question marks or red flags around him. I mean, there is a reason why he was able to sign yesterday and other teams held back. Why the Dolphins and the Patriots did not feel like it was worth signing him and other teams did not feel like it was worth signing him, even though he's been really productive. And that is because there is a fear that he's just not going to have what it takes, the juice as the season wears on. But I think for the Jets, it makes plenty of sense. I think the the question is simply, what are your expectations around him? I think it's less about what are the expectations around Dalvin Cook. He doesn't need to run for 1,000 yards and catch another 500 yards worth of balls for this to be worth it. It just The the way that this is worth it is if come Thanksgiving or early December, you've got a healthy, solid workhorse running back that either it's Breeze Hall or Dalvin Cook, one of the two, or somebody else, but you are just trying to create enough depth and security blankets to where you're playing in playoff caliber games in December and you've got healthy bodies at important positions. That's really what this is about. It's an expensive signing. $8.6 million bucks for a 28-year-old running back. You know, that's expensive. And he was available for this long for some reason. But if the Jets go to a Super Bowl, and part of the reason is that Cook was productive at a couple of games and helped spell a time when Hall wasn't productive or wasn't in there, hey, that's all that that's all that matters. And I've said this a couple of times for the Jets they have anted up. They've turned up the expectations to a 10 to where anything less than an AFC championship game I think is a wild disappointment and anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is a disappointment and if it's less than a Super Bowl championship you know you might feel like man we we missed a chance. I think if, if they get to the playoffs and lose in the wild card round, it's it it means nothing. If they win a playoff game and lose in the divisional round, I think it's okay but still really disappointing. This team has to get to an AFC Championship game or a Super Bowl to really feel like they maxed out of their potential. So it's really an all or nothing type of proposition for the Jets, which means yeah, you got to do things like this, which is get aggressive and sign players and and hope that even though it's a one-year deal, it's the one-year deal that helps put you into that at that AFC title game or beyond. 855 cbs or on Twitter DA on CBS. Man. What is happening in the Bronx? Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. This is an organization that has not had a losing season in more than 30 years. Now, think about your team. When's the last time they had a losing squad? Last year? Two years ago? Every year over the last decade? And yet, the team of the Bronx has not had a losing season since 1992. What were you doing in 1992? What were you doing? What was I doing? I was 13. I guess I was probably in eighth grade. I mean, I'm definitely rocking out to like boys to men. Probably a hyper color t-shirt or two. wearing like L.A. gear. Maybe some L.A. gear. Yeah, I'm watching Yo MTV raps on Saturday mornings or something. I mean, I, 1992, been a long time. And yet here we are. With just six weeks to play in the season, and the Yankees are now just one game over five hundred. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sixty and fifty-nine. Wow. What? This is a squad that two nights ago blew a four-run lead of the ninth inning. Choked one up. Gagged. (laughs) To the Marlins. Bullpen completely imploding. And then last night in Atlanta, wasn't even a game. Losing 11 of 3 to the Braves. They're in last place in the American League East. Last place. Shame. Flirting with 500 of their collapsing. When scoring three runs or less this season, they're 13 and 44. 3 runs or less. Now I know that's not a lot of runs, but if you had any pitching, I mean, any pitching, 3 runs you should be at least in some ball games. But outside of Garrett Cole, their pitching's been a disaster. Really outside of Aaron Judge when healthy, their hitting's been a disaster. And Aaron Boone's kind of been a disaster. And the roster's been kind of a disaster. And we are we are staring at history here. We're staring at a A Bombers team that is on the doorstep of its first losing season in 31 years. Oh, the shame. Oh, the shame.
4: What a shame.
1: Our hearts go out to Yankee fans everywhere. Not mine. Today and for the rest of this season because this this is a bloodletting. Every single day just... A little bit more blood let out. Another paper cut. Another day of just laying on the ground, blood draining from your face, turning pale and cold, staring up into the sky going, what is my destiny? The destiny is last place in the American League East. Last place. And a losing record. Man, they had the second-highest payroll in baseball this year. Now, the first-highest, the top, would be the Mets. Eh, we're not going to go there, but for the Yankees, there's a plan. There's always a plan. For the Yankees, I I don't know what the plan is. Loser. Loser. Losers. Loser. Loser. 11-3 last night of the Braves. Oof, wow. Tough. When we come back here on the show, we've got Soundcheck, your best audio of the day. Anthony Richardson, he's under center for the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Irsay wants him to be the franchise guy like right away. We'll hear from Richardson on how it feels stepping onto the NFL field for the first time. And people are wondering what's going on with Trey Lance. We'll hear from him as well. That's next. DA, CBS Sports Radio.
0: failed.
2: CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them.
3: The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. And
1: this portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare. Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. You can always watch the show at WatchDA.com. That's mobile-friendly. Also on YouTube and on Twitch. Check out the CBS Sports Radio channels there. Sound check begins with Anthony Richardson. Colts first-round draft pick. Potential franchise QB for Indianapolis. How was it stepping on that NFL field this weekend?
0: You know, I had a lot of time with my hands. I had to get my legs ready before the game. I just went out there and I looked. I took like 10 laps around the field, maybe just experiencing it, just enjoying it, just imagining all the fans being there, but, you know, it felt good, and just seeing everybody there and just hearing all the, the loud noise and stuff, it just felt good, and just, I had to soak it in at first.
1: So, I think that Anthony Richardson proved to be kind of what we thought he would be, which was flashes of, ooh, I like that, with also some, ooh, why would you do that? The interception that he had in the preseason start was a bad one. It's a rookie decision. It's a bad throw. It's a defense that's going to confuse him. He's throwing off of his back foot into coverage. And it's just a terrible throw and a terrible decision. He overthrows his receiver. He's falling backwards. It's early in the game of the first quarter. It sets up the Bills with a good field position. It's kind of exactly what you worry about when you have a rookie QB in there that's very raw, and he is exactly that. On the other hand, I don't think it ruined his day. There were things that he actually did very well. There was a throw sometime in the the later part of that first quarter where he kind of stepped into the pocket and threw downfield and hit his receiver nearly in stride or in stride right near the goal line and you know put it right kind of where it needed to be. Was confidence he stepped up and and let it go. So there were things that were good, there were things that were bad, and I have a tendency to believe that's going to be most of his season this year. Some, ooh, yeah, and some oh God. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah. That's my official analysis of Anthony Richardson's rookie season. Oh yeah. Oh god. Here is Trey Lance. Far too little. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Far too much. Ooh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here is Trey Lance after a very rough outing on his preseason opener this year.
5: Just, just taking advantage of every opportunity I get uh, one day at a time. Like I said earlier um, in, in training camp, um, just just trying to stay present, focused one day at a time and, and trust that, you know, whatever is meant to happen will happen.
1: Oh, God. Like I said, I've been very high on Trey Lance. If this coaching staff can turn Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Jens into legitimate starting QBs in the NFL that win games and go to the playoffs or play in the playoffs, I think they can do something with Trey Lance. But look, time's running out. He just does not have a lot more opportunities to have crappy games like he did over the weekend. And still get the benefit of the doubt. And now that they've got Sam Darnold there, they don't even need him to be the backup. So it's on Trey Lance now to step up and get it done. And we'll see if he's got what it takes. I wouldn't panic yet, but the clock is ticking. How's that clock go? Tick, 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 tick. Or as Berman might say, tick, 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 Ramblin', stamblin'. Finally... Number one overall draft pick, Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers. Getting his first taste of the NFL action, and he actually wanted to get hit.
4: You know, you go months and months without actually getting hit, and this isn't something that's new this year, but kind of every year. Kind of the first time you get hit, it's like a cool, like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it hasn't happened, but like, all right, I remember what it feels like. Like, we're back playing football. So, um, you know, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, first time I've been hit since college. So, you know, you don't get the same, you know, tackling drills or full physicality that other positions get. So I think universally, um, you kind of, every first hit, you're always like, all right, cool. Like now we're back into the season mode.
1: And that is your sound check.
4: This might
1: sound crazy, but cause you probably think of me as like, I don't like human contact and I'm like, ew, people. And I'm not really like, you don't probably look at me as a as a manly man, sit behind a microphone and spout idiocies about sports every single day. But you would be surprised to know when I was a youngster, young D.A., probably right around 1992, in fact, played peewee football, I didn't mind getting hit. I didn't mind the physicality of football. I didn't mind. I was like, yeah, it kind of makes you feel alive when you get hit. You don't, now you don't want to get destroyed. You don't want to get trucked. But, you know, when you're playing peewee football, it's hard to get trucked. Nobody's moving that fast, especially in the 90s. I mean, it's kind of like all slow motion anyway. You know, so I played a little slot receiver, kind of a Danny Amendola type, if you will. You know, when I got tackled, and you'd be surprised, really good hands. I wasn't very fast wasn't very big, obviously. I was at average speed, but wasn't very big. But I, I didn't mind getting hit. And I so I kind of you know, I can I can relate to the number one overall NFL draft pick. No, you can't. <laughs> a guy that a guy that played at Alabama, won national championships with the number one overall pick of the NFL draft. I can relate to that. You know, it's just sometimes good to get hit. Um you know, you haven't been on the field in a long time, and sometimes it's just good to feel that. Oof, okay, yeah, feel alive. Carlos, you probably played high school football. Yeah, I played. Uh, I played
3: safety because I didn't have any good hands, so they're like, all right, go on defense. You know where the ball is. You're not going to catch it, so you'll just hit it and make sure the receivers don't get it. I'm like, all right, cool.
2: So you Where's had
1: you had enough agility and enough footwork oh, yeah. to be able to be I, back I, there? I
3: wasn't always morass size. I was like
1: 100 pounds lighter in high school. Okay, so you were nimble enough to play defensive back.
3: Yeah, and that, but that's all I could play.
1: Okay, no so hands. then you could hit, so you must have liked hitting. No, and that's why I don't believe Bryce Young,
3: and I don't believe you. (laughs) Really? Bryce Young, with the rules that they have in place to protect quarterbacks, you're not getting hit anyway. What do you think? Lawrence Taylor's barreling barreling down the middle in the 90s? You're not getting hit with
1: these people like that anymore.
3: You don't know what it is to get hit below the
1: knees. Well, that's why he likes to get hit, because it's not a really vicious hit. It's not like Reggie White pancaking. It's a pillow fight
3: compared to what it used to be. That's why he likes it. I don't believe him. Nobody wants to get hit. Nobody wants to get hit, not even in defense. I just want to make the play and go off... You, you don't think
1: that there are safeties out there or linebackers out there that like to deliver hits? Yeah, they're psychopaths,
3: and that's not normal. Like, no, we, nobody should, should want to hit anybody. Violence is not always the answer. I, I get it. It's, it's what we have to do in football in order Violence to achieve the Violence is not play, always the answer.
1: They play football.
3: But no, I'm not trying to take somebody out. <laughs> what do you out? want
1: them to do? What is Just the solution to tackling away. somebody? Make a deal. Make a deal. Yes. Man, yeah, listen, I'll give you this first
4: Find down. Find a compromise. But in the next play, I want that ball. So <laughs> my dad said I used to do when I played football. <laughs> oh, you played football too? Yeah. So I played in middle school and I played one year in high school. Okay. I was horrible. <laughs> okay. What well, position? Uh, I I played the line. Okay, offensive? Offensive. De- back then, you did both. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, two-way. You're, you're a Bednarik type. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> so, so, my dad would always joke with me, I saw you making a deal with the linemen. i <laughs> I tell, tell, tell you, I did not want to get hit at all. Really? See? Player. Thank you. I did not. I, because we used to run, back then, you ran drills where you would do the line of head to head. Get up and then and then go.
1: Yeah, no, the Oklahoma drill I never wanted. The
4: to Oklahoma. Hit. drill, No, right. I would get demolished. Didn't they do away go. with that drill? Like, yeah, can't I do think so. Yeah, that yeah, was. But, <laughs> I'm saying, but back then you ran stuff like that, and uh I didn't want to get hit at
1: all. Yeah, no, I no, I agree with that. I never want to do the Oklahoma drill because I would just be splattered like a mosquito, no doubt about it. But I mean, just on the field of play, I didn't mind getting rough. It's inevitable. I mean, you know yeah. it's going to happen, but you're not looking for it. I mean if you don't like getting hit or you don't like physical contact football's a really bad sport cuz you're around just contact all the time. You might as well be like a diver or a tennis player or something.
4: It was it was I was I will say this it was the best shape I was ever in. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, football, goodbye. I did both. I did football and I wrestled. Oh, did well, wrestling's wrestling a I, different. I, I totally see in that. In middle school, I did that in middle school. I was in my be- best shape ever. So Live that's running.
1: it. So so it's interesting because I didn't mind getting hit if we have football pads and jerseys on, I really didn't like playing basketball where you were, like, rubbing up against sweaty people. Like, when you're just, like... It's kind of like a long-came poly, right? Where, you know, <laughs> you just... You're, like, grinding and slipping on sweaty other human beings. It was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. You smell the B.O., oh, the armpits right in my face. <laughs> you know, that's too much. But I played soccer also growing up. I didn't mind... I didn't mind when guys would come over and try to, like, you know, forearm you to try to get the ball. I mean, it's just, like, contact is part of it. I didn't, I didn't mind that. So, I you know, as I said, Greg Caserta, I can really relate to Bryce Young.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because of your <laughs> Along Came Polly reference bringing up Sandy Lyle, which yeah. is one of the great <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman roles. Totally. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking of that scene, and that's... And that
1: slow-motion scene where, like... Oh, it's brutal. Ben Stiller has his face up against Hoffman's like armpit and just slides
5: yeah, up bad. and the sweat and the <laughs> and right he's a germaphobe in the movie right, right? Yeah, so that's right. the whole thing yeah right yeah it's not good and the John Stockton shorts
1: right splash <laughs> and he totally misses the bucket yes yep. the... rain dance chucks it up really good movie very good really good very movie.
3: underrated it was over after the last fi- the first 15 minutes. It no, was the, what the, the, the first 15 minutes was the best part of that movie. I didn't enjoy the rest of it. Really? Yeah. After uh, the one uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman scene where he did something in his pants. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that it all went downhill. Like, well, you can't interesting. Top
1: that. No, see, interesting. I thought that all three characters: Philip yep. Seymour Hoffman, Ben Stiller, and Jennifer Anderson, all are really fun, yeah. cool, memorable characters. It's pretty much the most likable Jennifer Anderson's ever been because he kind of plays the. A bit of an artistic free spirit, which is much different than her tight, kind of like, you know, regimented, prissy type of... I tell you
5: what, though, when she was in Horrible Bosses... Oh, well. Yes, that, sir. That was... That's... I mean, that was I mean, that, that hit on a couple of fronts. That's a different type was that of... Was that like her first comedic Holly? movie role? That was her first... To,
4: to be honest, that was probably her first real edgy one. Yeah. Yeah, no, she wasn't even really we that Millers. edgy,
1: but well, right. We are the, we're the Millers, are way after that. Though. That's after. Along <laughs> came Polly's probably 2000, 2001, something like that, which is right around the peak of of Friends. She might have done one or two smaller films before that. Stiller's great.
5: 2004. Oh, Along came Polly, okay. but still, that's 20 years ago now. Yeah, it's that's crazy.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Good movie. Never forget The Ferret.
5: The Ferret. Yeah, I was gonna say when they go out for Moroccan food. That's right. And they, they come uh, back and she goes, "Are you okay?" He's like, "No, no I like spicy." Oh,
3: Gloria Slatt <laughs> says she was in Office Space, but she would—that wasn't a comedic
1: role for her. She wore
3: all the. Oh flare. yeah, no, it was. That, she that's wore a comedy. The
5: yeah, she wore the flare. Yeah,
1: yeah, a but tra- that's, that's a very chachis. dry, sarcastic. <laughs> Great movie too.
3: <laughs> she didn't have enough flair.
1: Chachi's. Yeah. Is it chotch?
5: Ch- Tchotchkes. Chachkis.
3: Tchotchkes. 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 <laughs> All right,
5: I'll be back in a minute, you two. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what exactly do you do here is what the bosses were asking mm-hmm.
5: yesterday. Yeah, what is it exactly that you do here? Is that what... The Bobs? Yeah, I'm thinking now, is that what these interviews have been like? <laughs> oh, for Moraz's job? Yeah. <laughs> no. Has, the has... Bobs? Has
4: Have you been one of the Bobs? Bobs? No. Actually, well, if you... If you yes, technically, yes.
5: I was complaining about TPS reports. Waste he's, of time. He's got morning show producer written all over him. That's
1: amazing. Today, it's me, Pete the Body, Carlos with a K, and Greg Caserta. And Greg Caserta has your headlines.
5: DA, we're sponsored by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1 800 Progressive and Progressive.com. Man boobs. Sure thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was not. That one, I'm surprised. I was a haymaker. Oh, that really was. Wow, that stuns you. That was a sunny <laughs> listing right there. Holy
1: cow! That's, that really Very stuns good. you.
5: A trio of big moves yesterday, headlined by two veteran running backs with seven Pro Bowls between them, finding new homes in the AFC East. Believe it or not, Dalvin Cook has one more Pro Bowl nod than Ezekiel Elliott. And after several weeks of speculation and some time after his official visit, Dalvin is a New York Jet. One-year deal worth up to 8.6 million to be Aaron Rodgers' lead back atop the two deep, and here's what Robert Salas said about it, leading up to Cook's official visit a few weeks ago.
4: Like I said, we'll never say no to a great player if it's uh, if the opportunity
1: presents itself in the right way. So excited about him and his visit. Uh, it's really just being able to get have a conversation, get hands on him. I, I know he's got some things that uh, uh, medically
5: that would have to check out and all that stuff, but uh, uh, again, excited about his. Uh, his visit and the chance to sit down and uh, talk with him. And he continued. He's dynamic. He's a dynamic ball carrier. He's, he's, he's been a, a dynamic ball carrier for a long time. He's great in the pass game. And
1: uh, so it's just a matter, like I said, of all the details of that. I'll, I'm not going to get too detailed, but he's like, you can't say no to a good football player. They usually find a way.
5: And Dalvin found his way to New York after... You can say no if it's too expensive. That's what
1: the Dolphins said no to, and the Patriots said no to, and the rest of the league actually said no to Dalvin Cook. Well,
5: because the rumor was that he was ultimately trying to play everybody against one another so that Miami would come calling. Yep. And... I don't know. I think it's a good move for the Jets, right? Like, I you guys it's have a, been talking about it's it. It's a one-year deal. You're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. You, you can't argue with it. It certainly doesn't make you
1: worse. But it's, you know, there's a reason why nobody else wanted him for $8.6 bucks.
5: He's 28 years old. Doesn't it also make you think that Brees Hall's recovery from the ACL surgery is yeah. not going well? Yeah, which is probably why the, the Jets had no leverage in how much money they had to give Dalvin Cook. Right, like, Because they were talking, Zach Ertz yesterday, I think, got cleared. He's on track to suit up. And I think he had his in week 10. Mm-hmm. And Brees had his in week 6 or 7. And he hasn't even been in pads yet. Yep. So, like, some guys come back pretty quick. But it seems like his is not going smoothly, yep. which is this not is good. totally insurance for yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, this, sign-
4: this signing is the ultimate indictment on him and on what he's going to be this year. Uh, that's that's why they had to uh,
5: maybe, maybe spend a little more money than they wanted to. Absolutely. Dalvin found his way to New York after four straight 1,000-yard rushing seasons with the Vikings, 43 rushing touchdowns during that time, but only 14 over the last two seasons. And the Jets haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2015. They've gone 34-87 and 87 in the seven seasons since then. Who was the Jets' 2015 1,000-yard rusher? Oh, that
4: wasn't that wasn't LT right? That was that's who no,
1: that's after LT. LT would have been yeah. retired. Yeah, not Le- Thomas Jones. Le'Veon never hit a thousand.
5: I didn't look it up because I was trying to think about it. Ooh, Thomas and, Jones
4: is a good one, but
5: it that, wasn't. But he was retired at yeah, that point. But
4: yeah, was Le'Veon? Oh, who was it? We'll find this out. Yeah,
5: that's how bad.
4: To, that's how shoddy the backs have been so uh, in the last few years. Is it Leon Washington?
1: No, <laughs> way before. It was Chris Ivory. Oh my oh, god! Wow, yes. the ghost of Chris with Ivory. with one thousand seventy yards. <laughs> he just just hit it. Man. That was the Ryan Fitzpatrick Jets year. Yes. Oh, the
5: him and Brandon Marshall how about that going off. How about that? How about that? So yeah, uh Cook also had a visit with the Patriots. They scooped up Ezekiel Elliott with a three million dollar base salary and a one million dollar signing bonus that can be worth up to six million with incentives. Elliott tweeted yesterday, one five all the way live, and then added the <laughs> Patriots in reference nice. to his old number fifteen from Ohio State. Love it. Now, if you remember, Zeke signed that six-year, $90 million extension with the Cowboys just prior to the start of the 2019 season. He played out four of the six years while his overall production gradually decreased over time. Zeke Prescott. So when you talk about how the running back position has been devalued, that's one of the contracts that you point to and say, yeah, he got paid, but it kind of hurt other guys Uh long-term. Of course, Zeke was also a very high pick of the count. fourth overall, I think, was the fourth Top overall five. pick. So, yeah. you know, his, he, his story really affects where we are right now uh, with running backs as a whole. Speaking of them, Cowboys and owner... How about them Cowboys? Jared Jones. He told All-Pro guard Zach Martin that the team needed to eventually lock up Micah Parsons. Right. So Martin held out for more money for three weeks. And Jerry said, I'm not going to pay him. But then uh-huh. he secured it yesterday. Oh. Martin, two years, $36 million guaranteed, up from $27.5 million, makes him the third highest paid guard in the NFL. And instead of old Jer, he was great after the two sat one-on-one before their game against the Jaguars.
2: Spanking himself.
0: This past
5: weekend. <laughs> I knew you had something. Um, some oh, I got very, plenty. Some very sad news to report. Five-year NFL vet Alex Collins passed away following a motorcycle crash on Sunday night in Florida. Mm. Uh, Hit an SUV and uh, was only 28 years old. That crash is currently under investigation. In Minnesota, tight end TJ Hawkinson told reporters at camp yesterday that he's missed most of the camp because of an ear infection that affected his equilibrium. He participated in yesterday's full walkthrough but sat out contact and pads work. And finally, can't forget about college football. Yesterday's AP Top 25 poll that came out. Ryan Hickey of the Zach Gelb Show calls it one of the great days on the calendar. The two-time defending... <laughs> What's so funny? Why are you laughing? I don't
4: know. Where are you doing from the shower?
1: It's, yeah. it's nice that you're quoting Hickey <laughs> in an update.
2: I don't it's think he's ever one. said...
5: He's never actually said that. <laughs> Nobody we But I know he was very happy yesterday. And I'll actually have to check his Instagram to see if there was said shower post. Yeah. All right, guys. So here's the new top 25... <laughs> This is great it's hair. Like shampoo with Prell. Da, there you go. Just say that, man. <laughs> freaking <laughs> clown.
1: It should be noted that Ryan Hickey, interviewed for the open executive producer job, came to the studio in a tuxedo, which I'm still wondering if that was a gag. Meg? A
3: mockery of the entire process. Exactly. He should be which qualified be immediately. I, I should, have no bias toward his family. I actually
1: should respect him making a mockery of the process, but it has made wait, wait. me pause. Is that for real? Yeah. He, he interviewed did. in a tuxedo. Like he was the frog from WB.
4: was giving me a Chardonnay. <laughs> he he did his stepbrothers. Ah! WB.
5: It's the Zach Gelb
4: Show. <laughs> Coming up next on Felicity.
5: That was pre-CW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was WB. That was, was a frog. So he pulled his stepbrothers. Yeah. He showed up for the interview in a talks He should have came
3: with Gelb, and Gelb should have been in a talks too.
5: <laughs> that would be good They could have gone the, the dumb and dumber route One wears the creamsicle one And the other wears the powder blue <laughs> Looking like the old Bucks uniform And Hickey's tux- definitely dumber
4: You're wearing a tuxedo for a job That cleans toilets <laughs>
5: <laughs> Alright now those tuxedos Seem kind of effed up is that onion? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might have to play that in an update at some point. All <laughs> right. I think that like plays on have the radio. To more after this. That's right. <laughs> so uh, the two-time defending national champions from Georgia are number one. It's their first preseason AP number one ranking since 2008. Michigan's number two. Ohio State number three. Bama slides in at number four for its lowest preseason ranking since 2009. But for you historians out there, that team went undefeated and won the first of six national championships under Nick Saban.
1: All right. Excellent. Thank you, Greg. When we come back here on the show, more on Zach Martin getting his money in Dallas. DA, CBS Sports Radio.
4: DA Show, Mr. Mandalorian. Mr. Mandalorian. Mr. Mandalorian. Yeah. D.A.,
1: Day, D.A., D.A. It's D.A. on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. That's me. Welcome back. D.A. with you here on CBS Sports Radio. The best of the show or the full four hours available in podcast form. Listen to the D.A. show on demand. It's D.A. on demand by simply going to your favorite podcast platform and searching the D.A. show. That's me. That's me. That's me. me. Jerry Jones wanted to play the tough guy with Zach Martin. We have to pay Micah Parsons. We got to pay other players. We can't give all this money to Zach Martin. Who does he think he is? We just gave an extension five years ago. This guy's paid well. We just don't have the money. Where would we get the money? We don't have the money. It took a week and a half, two weeks of training camp, and Zach Martin got his money, which is the right decision by the Cowboys, which is the right decision by Jerry Jones. Zach Martin could be the best player on the Cowboys. He's certainly one of the best offensive linemen in football. And as I've said before, it made absolutely no sense to draw a line in the sand with Zach Martin. You've paid everybody else. Everybody gets paid in Dallas. Everybody. And Zach Martin is durable, and he plays one of the most important positions on the field for who you want to be. You see, when Jerry Jones said, we just can't afford to pay everybody, there's got to be money for Michael parsons. has got to be money for this, that, and the other thing. Well, here's where you lost leverage, Jer. You should know this because you've built a billion-dollar empire with multiple business entities. Your head coach said, Kellen Moore wanted to get highlights. I want to win football games. In other words, Kellen Moore wanted it to look pretty by throwing the football a lot. And Mike McCarthy's going, no, we're going to run the football and play defense. That's how I want to win. Okay, well, that's going to be the tenant of your offense, the tenant of your team. You're going to run the football. Got to be able to run the football. Offensive line, pretty important in that regard. Zach Martin, the most important piece of that offensive line. Dak Prescott, you paid a lot of money to. You wouldn't want to pay a lot of money to your quarterback. See the Chiefs or see the Bengals and not then invest in your offensive line as well. That would seem kind of silly, would it not? So you've spent money on Dak Prescott. You want to run the football. You've got to protect the quarterback. How do you do that? The offensive line is how you do that. And your head coach wants to use the offensive line as a weapon. And Suddenly you're going to not pay the best guy on that offensive line. You got to. So it's the right move for the Cowboys to have paid Zach Martin. And we are well into the era where Jerry just says anything and you just kind of laugh because he's just kind of an old codger that says whatever. But it's ultimately just another case of, Jerry, just stop talking. I know you won't. I know you can't. But it makes you look toothless. Here is Jerry Jones acting like, You're not going to push me around. And then a week after he says that, he's getting pushed around and having to pay. Now, look, he's he's looked like a fool for a long time. He's also a billion-dollar fool. So who's the fool, right? He's incredibly wealthy, incredibly powerful. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's famous. So, I mean, I can say all that I want, but ultimately he's winning at the life thing. But he just... Constantly says things that are just dopey. Don't, what What is the use in going public of we're drawing a line to the center, we won't be pushed around, to then ultimately just succumb to exactly the, the the contract desires of the guy that you're saying we won't be pushed around by. If you're not going to be pushed around, then you should not be acquiescing to his desires, to his whims, to his wants. Instead, you are. Because you have to. So why pick a fight with that guy? You're going to lose. And through all of the years of all of the financial glory and success and marketing success that Jerry Jones has had, it just comes back to he just seems silly. He just kind of seems like a cartoon. A cartoon skeleton that runs the the NFL's most valuable franchise and – they're not gonna win Super Bowls because he's the guy that ultimately is is the ringmaster of it all. You won't see me paying Zach Martin. How much you need again? You won't see me bend it over for Zach Martin. Now how what how many zeros did you want? When we come back, did Derek Jeter ruin art? DA CBS Sports Radio.